Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. Now kick off your chacos, sit back and relax, and enjoy this episode of the Deep Waters Podcast. Hi, Jace. Shalom, Benjamin. <laughs> Shalom. Wow, you win. Yeah. That was the right thing to do. <laughs> We pray that Christ that is excellent. at the beginning, um, in the middle, and the friends, end of all we and do. Welcome. May openness and have peace mark our discussions uh, for another episode. As of we podcast. engage in conversations Today, about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. Opened last week and in all about things, stewardship. May this shape us to look more like you, and Jesus. And I think we're going to Amen. put a lot more thoughtful framework and structure into this conversation. That's going to be really helpful. Um, An image of what stewardship might look like in our lives <laughs> that will kind of lay out um, where our thoughts have been and you'll kind of see how our thoughts are slowly being organized by the grace of God yeah praise the Holy Spirit because mm-hmm. since that episode that we recorded we've had I feel like some really helpful revelation from um, good thought and some good conversations with other people too yeah shout out to Randy um, <laughs> yes about how we can frame this conversation and we're going to do so primarily, I think through the concept of Shalom, Mm -hmm. which in case that word isn't familiar to you, it's a Hebrew word meaning peace, but it means a lot more than just peace. And that's what we want to talk about today. Totally. Mm -hmm. Often in our Bibles, it's almost always translated as peace. And so we probably have a lot of our Western thought of what peace means. Um, in our like day and age, our cultural moment. And so we want to first kind of dive in on like kind of what does the Bible say about Shalom? Because like every Hebrew concept, I feel like there's just so much imagery and history and historical use of the word that like paints a broader picture. Yeah. And so we're going to practice like what even like a word study might look like in like your own devotional time or biblical study. Um, so it's going to be a little free and loose at the beginning, but yeah, so we're first going to talk about Shalom. It's great. And Shalom was at the beginning Mm -hmm. and then the fall happened and there's this concept, this theological concept of the four separations Yep. and Benjamin alluded to that. And this is kind of how we're going to frame the rest, the next few podcasts of how we can, um, how we either are restored or how God is using us to restore these relationships. That's great. Yeah. The picture of Shalom was painted most clearly in the Bible in the garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. Um, So when we look to the garden of Eden or when we look throughout the Bible and we see Shalom, we should see things that look like the garden of Eden. Um, And the biblical authors even do that intentionally. For example, when Solomon, fun fact, Shalomo, is Solomon's name in Hebrew. Oh, wow. His name just means shalom. I love that. (laughs) Peace. Um, Solomon brings shalom to Jerusalem like a king hadn't really before. And then the abundance ends up going to his head and he ends up doing terrible things. And it's not, it's not perfect. It isn't the garden, but there's a lot of things that look like the garden really intentionally, Mm -hmm. like a phrase, everyone sitting under their own fig tree is a phrase that comes up a handful of times to kind of make you think, Oh, we're back in the fruit garden. Oh wow! We're all sitting independently in our own little Edens, but together in our big collective, beautiful Eden, there's little images like that, that the Bible weaves together to make you think, Oh, we're back in the Shalom of Eden. Wow. Isn't that fun? That's wild. Uh-huh. A little bit of a, like my squirrel mind moment. That <laughs> line is used in the musical Hamilton at oh. the end where Hamilton's talking about like dying. 
Wait, which line? The uh, sitting under? Sitting in my own fig tree. Really? Yes. Oh, fascinating. I wish I could l- remember the whole lyric, but it's like, yes, that's like the end of his life. And oh, that's it kind of plays into a lot of what oh, we're going to talk about. great. It Anyways, does. Anyways, Hamilton's oh. a great musical. <laughs> which is just cool that like American history is derived so much from biblical thought in ways that we don't mm-hmm. even realize. Yeah. I'm like, whether that is Hamilton's words or Lin-Manuel Miranda's words. Yeah. Not sure. But sure. Either way. Funny. I'm reading through the Minor Prophets right now, and I think it's Micah that also uses that phrase hmm. to talk about the peace of the nations. Wow. Um, maybe Nahum. I just finished both of those, and I forget which one it was in. But anyway, yeah. all this to say, Eden is the pinnacle, the biblical image of Shalom. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the rest of the biblical story, we just see um, facets of that shalom, but we don't see the fullness of shalom yes. until we get to Revelation 21 and 22 with the New Jerusalem mm-hmm. um, being set up in that. And and so I think our approach, like Jace already mentioned, is straight up just to Google Bible <laughs> Hub. If you haven't used Bible yes. Hub, it's like an online concordance, or you can use whatever concordance you'd like. But yeah. The idea is, if you don't know what a concordance is, you can go on and see every time that the Bible uses a particular word. In this case, we're going to do that Hebrew word shalom and see in one context, how is the word being used? And in another context, how is it being used? And how does that help us build out an understanding of the word shalom? So So you can just Google what does shalom mean? Or you could go through the Bible and do this kind of word study approach. And hopefully this is a tool that you can apply to your own biblical study um, that can equip you to understanding any other word in the Bible. If you yeah. want to look up anything, you can do this mm-hmm. this same study practice in that way. Totally. And I, I even, I didn't go to Bible Hub immediately. I just went to the back of my Bible and it had a little concordance. I looked up the word peace. Oh, you that's know? great. Just because, I mean, that's how it's translated. So I'm like, where's where's peace in the Bible? And then I even went to look up restoration, which we'll get into as well. Yeah. And I think that might pull out some more shalom usage. Well, anyway, so in the beginning, there was shalom. Amen. And then we fell hard. Tripped. Yeah. So when that happened, what, this idea of the four separations, what did we lose from the garden? The Bible doesn't say this super explicitly as far as I'm aware, but theologians have drawn this concept out of the biblical description of Shalom by saying that in the Garden of Eden, there were four healthy, perfectly connected relationships. Mm -hmm. The first was human with God. Um, And the four relationships are relationships that the humans had. Mm -hmm. So human with God is the first one. The next is the humans with the self, um, your own identity, your sense of self. Uh, the next one was your relationship with other humans. And then the fourth one is your relationship with creation. Yeah. God's good creation, the world and beyond. Mm -hmm. So good. (laughs) Um, I like the word creation rather than nature or earth because it just points to that. This is, this is a creative act of our divine Lord and it's beautiful. So, so good. Um, all of those relationships were in good health in the garden of Eden. And the moment the fall happened, you can see that all of them are broken (laughs) like immediately. Yeah. It's interesting. Even like, so, Adam and Eve run and hide from God. Mm-hmm. Their relationship with God is broken. Yeah. They're covering their bodies because they feel shame in their own flesh, Whoa. which they're now broken with their relationship with their self because mm. they live in shame. Yeah. Before the fall, notice it said they were naked and unashamed. Mm-hmm. They were perfectly well inside their own being. Now insecurity and shame are introduced. Um, they have to like sew fig leaves together, which Mm -hmm. I can't imagine was very effective and cover up their bodies. And, um, if that's not already making you assume that they're covering up their bodies from one another, Mm -hmm. which shows that they're broken between each other, Adam and Eve are, then in just a moment when God comes looking for them, you see Adam blames Eve for the fall. Yeah. There's this, the first blame game is happening. Um, 
Adam's like, I'm a victim here of the woman's bad decision. He's not Mm -hmm. taking ownership. So that's another really important sign that relationship with man and one another is broken. And then the fourth one is a little harder to see. um, But Mm -hmm. God has to kill an animal in order to cover Adam and Eve's sin, Um, which death that was the first time that death mm-hmm. was involved um, in creation yeah. biblically. So anyway, we could dive into all of those more. And what we hope to do with this podcast is do that. Do you want to yeah. maybe give a roadmap, Jace, what you're thinking? Oh, the, and also the last thing he talks about, like the ground will be cursed like mm. as well. Oh, of course. Thank and you. So like our relationship with even just like bearing the fruit of creation will come through like toil and work. Oh, that's essential. I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. Totally. I mean, and if you've ever done any gardening or farming, yeah. you were really angry that the ground was cursed. If you've stepped on a goat head ever, <laughs> or, or a goat head's gotten in your bicycle. <laughs> For sure, that's yeah. just straight up. Like, ah! The fall right ah, there. The separation manifest. from creation is usually what I exclaim, you know, when that happens. Oh, the fall! Yeah, Darn so... you, Adam and Eve. <laughs> from here... We want to talk about what does this completeness look like biblically? Mm -hmm. Um, If that is our goal, and if that is, I would say, God's goal Mm -hmm. throughout the scriptures and through our lives and through the history we can see and the history yet to be written. Um, And we're going to kind of take each one of these separations uh, per podcast. So we're going to talk about Shalom and then talk about Shalom with God at the end of this podcast. And then we'll move on to the others from here on out. That's the most roadmap we have, I believe. Yeah. So if you're struggling to figure out why we talked about stewardship in the way we did last week, I think we've decided this is the framework that we want stewardship to fall into Mm -hmm. because um, what we're really after isn't just like stewardship for stewardship's sake, Mm -hmm. but we're recognizing that this is an aspect of the peace that God wove into his creation from the beginning and is calling us back to. Yes. And with this structure, we see that um, like counseling and emotional work and physical fitness and diet and all kinds Mm -hmm. of self work that relates to your relationship with your own being is actually an essential aspect of what it means to return to Eden. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so we're using this framework to help us talk about stewardship and I think it'll actually make more sense and be more exciting and biblically grounded. (laughs) Yeah, totally. That's, that's where we are. I think if you listen to last week's podcast, there are a lot of things that we had talked about that I think in some way or another, you could just not do the bad thing Mm. and that would maybe be considered stewardship in some ways. I think Shalom paints a much more active picture of our involvement in the restoration of all this. So it's not just going into debt or it's not just, you know, burning tires or like whatever it is. (laughs) It's like actively doing another thing, doing a different thing that's going to bring more peace and completeness to all four of those areas. Okay. That was the perfect segue. Perfect. Um, let's get into it, into the word study. Sound good? Yeah, totally. Because yeah, you just brought up like what Shalom actually means. And I think in looking at some of the ways that Shalom is used, we're going to fill that out. Yeah, totally. So when maybe even before we look at this, I just want to acknowledge the English word peace. Mm -hmm. Um, when I say the English word peace to you. Mm-hmm. disconnected from this whole conversation, Jace. Totally. What do you think about? Like, what does peace mean? Yeah, I would say the lack of, like, conflict or animosity mm. between two parties. Sure. Um, or the, like, stoppage of war. I would also think, like, inner peace, like mm. the quieting of oneself so I no longer feel anxious for five minutes. Yeah, that's Like, good. that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I'm about thinking, you? What about you? What those two things. I'm thinking okay. like Miss America saying, I want world peace. World peace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it means people aren't at war anymore, mm-hmm. which is like, wow, North and South Korea. Yay. <laughs> well, do we look at that situation? <laughs> does that count as peace? And look at the demilitarized zone and think, <laughs> aha, 
this is the restoration of all things. <laughs> no, we don't. No. Like it's, it is incomplete. And I think uh-huh. we'd miss that sometimes with just the word piece. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love this conversation this so much. Already I'm having fun. Yeah. I'm glad that you even used that word. Is this the restoration of all things? Because you want to pull towards that biblical ideal. We could say, oh, because they're not actively fighting one another anymore. There is peace. Mm-hmm. There is a ceasefire. Yeah. But... In the biblical mind, no, that's yeah. definitely not peace. That's mm-hmm. still a, a wild brewing animosity of, you mm-hmm. know, hatred. And, um, I mean, it's just war brimming. Yeah. Um, totally. but yeah. So I also was thinking about the hippies mm-hmm. in you know, Vietnam yeah. time, that kind of era mm-hmm. where they're like calling for peace, calling for love. And it has something to do with the Vietnam war for sure, but also the way that we treat each other and then inner peace and mellow out, dude. Yeah. Like, like that kind of <laughs> totally, you know, maybe it's connected with drugs in that context, <laughs> which sounds dangerous. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I think disconnected from the church or biblical use of the word peace. That's probably where my mind goes mm-hmm. to. I think mm-hmm. it'll be interesting because we might bring up some practical, like, is this peace maybe throughout this? And I think we'll be able to tell, whether it's like this true idea yeah. and concept of Shalom or if it's just our version of peace. Interesting. So I'll try to think of some of those throughout and see like, what about this? You know, yeah, that's good. Write them down. Okay. Here's one that's just interesting. Jeremiah 13 verse 19. This is a quote straight out of Jeremiah. It says the cities of the Negeb are shut up with none to open them. All Judah is taken into exile, wholly taken into exile. Um, okay, that was out of context, but the book of Jeremiah is a really gnarly book of prophecy about how God's people are about to get destroyed and conquered and thrown into exile. Um, and there's more than that. You know, there's this prophetic hope of um, God's deliverance of a remnant from that exile. But this is, this is not a moment of peace in that like ceasefire sense of things. Um, all Judah is taken into exile, wholly taken into exile. That's the English standard version, mm-hmm. but check it out. All Judah is taken into exile, taken into exile. Shalomim. That the word that we translate as holy right there, mm-hmm. like completely is the Hebrew word. Shalom. Wow. So that's not peace mm-hmm. in the like demilitarized zone sense. Totally. Um, shalom right here just means complete or mm-hmm. total. Like um, as far as numbers are concerned, mm-hmm. like every single person of this people group is going to be taken captive into wow. exile. It's not a way I would use the English word peace. No, totally. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is kind of defining shalom as complete, like all all of it. All right? of it. Yep. Complete and, yeah. in number. That's so crazy. Which there's another, it, Shalom isn't the only word for all. There's a way more common word, which is just kol. Um, and that means all or total. But Shalom is another way to say it. Um, so here, both kol and Shalom are used in Amos 1.6. It says... Uh, for three transgressions of Gaza and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because they carried into exile a whole people. That's the Hebrew word kol, a whole people mm-hmm. to deliver them up to Edom. Um, oh, wait, wait. Did I mix that up? Yeah, no, the whole people is, sorry, the word shalem. Shalema, which is from the same root as Shalom. Mm-hmm. Um, Kol is in another verse. I skipped ahead. But anyway, that's just another example of saying that the entire people is going to be delivered into exile. Mm-hmm. doesn't sound peaceful, but it is whole. It's complete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shortly after that, in Jeremiah 6, we get a picture of, again, I kind of wanted to initially paint this picture of Shalom as like garden and birds chirping and like so like peaceful in my head. Yeah. But we get a picture of what happens when there is no Shalom. 
Um, uh, Jeremiah 16, 5, for thus says the Lord, do not enter a house of mourning or go to lament or to console them, for I have withdrawn my peace from this people, declares the Lord. My loving kindness and compassion, like he's withdrawn both of those things. Both great men and small men will die in this land. They will not be buried. They will not be lamented, nor anyone will like shave their head and mourn for them. Wow. So they're like the absence of peace means death. Mm-hmm. There's no mourning in that death. So it's not, not only is it death, but it's a disgraceful, sad, mm-hmm. lonely death in a vacuum where no one actually mourns. Yeah. Like that's, that's a really heavy version of death. Which is interesting <laughs> because the first use of Shalom in the Bible is talking about Abraham's death and how and how like at the end of his life he will be at like peace with god and his like ancestors wow so it's like and like that's kind of used without throughout genesis a couple times referring later on referring to his actual death and then jacob's death as like peace with on like death with honor is shalom like you've lived a great life Therefore, like you, like you've brought Shalom and you're going to Shalom, like a completeness. I'm so glad you brought that up. Can I just read those passages? Yeah, please do. So Genesis chapter 15 is a significant marking moment because there's this covenant that God is making with Abram. Abraham, I forget if his name has changed by then, mm-hmm. um, but God tells Abraham to like cut these animals in half and to lay them apart from each other, which is this anyway, really culturally loaded covenantal thing that two people would walk through these animals that were cut in half in order to make a binding covenant between them. Mm -hmm. And God is asking Abraham to enter one of those binding covenants with him. And Abraham waits and waits and there's a long time that goes by until God comes. Abraham has fallen asleep, um, but then God gives him this wild covenant. And in the midst of that covenant where God is explaining to him that like, I'm making this union with you, Abraham, that's where he says peace for the first time in the Bible. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace, which is another way of saying you will die in peace. You will die mm-hmm. well. Um, you shall be buried in a good old age. And then skip forward 10 chapters, Genesis 25, 8. We see when Abraham dies, it's described um, not with the word shalom, but with the word from Shabbat, Shiva, mm-hmm. which means to rest. Oh, wow. Um, Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age, an old man and satisfied. That's the Shabbat word satisfied with life and he was gathered to his people wow that's like a really um like of all the ways to die a beautiful way to do it you know feeling like you lived all of your years you're at a ripe old age that's where the word ripe even comes from Mm -hmm. satisfied um i yeah anyway i think those pictures are really good i'm glad that you put it pitted them against the jeremiah 6 bit like i'm already like on an emotional roller coaster (laughs) (laughs) that jeremiah was just so intense (laughs) but i mean also i think it's a good picture of the reality of the fall Mm. too yeah like they like our baseline is not loving kindness and compassion right like those are active things that we have to grow in or practice through the spirit of christ in us to bring shalom to others wow just like trying to make it practical. Amen. And so it's like, like without that, without like our relationship with God, you know, justified, like we're not going to naturally bring those things to the world. Right. And so anything that says it's that without God is not going to lead to actual peace. Amen. Wow. All right. Should we go there? I'm thinking um, there are other places in the Bible where shalom, I think it's used as a noun most often, um, like shalom to you, peace to you. Um, It's used as a verb sometimes. 
uh, to bring shalom. Um, here's a little example of it. Proverbs 16 verse 7 says, When a person's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he causes even his enemies to shalom him. Or it says, he causes even his enemies to make peace with him. Um, That's when a person's ways are pleasing to the Lord. So like, I think another way of saying that is what you just said, Jace, that like when one is living in a state of shalom with the Lord, then shalom is birthed out of their other relationships too. Hmm. And that those are active. Like shalom isn't just a passive thing. Again, that demilitarized zone. It's like their their peace is passive in that they're not actively firing bullets or bombs at one mm-hmm. another. However, it's not an active peace where they're going across the border and making meals for one another's hungry. Yeah. For example. Yeah, totally. That would be what it looks like to turn shalom into a verb. Mm-hmm. Like I'm making peace with you. What does it mean to make peace in your mind? Do you have thoughts around that? Wow, to make peace. I would say like even with the the North Korea South Korea thing, it's like inactive and it's also like we said like incomplete. Like by one standard by the world, they're not shooting each other, therefore peace. But like everything else that they do on either side is like brewing animosity. Wow, yeah. And so it's like more incomplete than anything. Huh. Um, and I, sorry, what was the question again? No, you hit it. <laughs> I don't think I did. Um, what's I guess it, what, what does it, it mean like to make to, peace? To make peace. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I would say like in the world's eyes, like we're praying for peace for Ukraine sure. and Russia. Yes, Lord. And it's like, Lord. And it's like, essentially make Russia go back behind their line mm-hmm. and have them stop shooting each other. Right. But that wouldn't at all be complete because you know, Putin would still be tyrannical and, you know, Kiev would be, you know, still angry at Russia for all that they did. Like they're just, that still would be incomplete peace. Right. And I would say to make proper peace, proper shalom would be not only stopping the fighting, but then like going in and like rebuilding. Yeah. Like rebuilding each other's cities and like giving, money to each other and trading once again to like for the betterment of both countries, not for the, the selfish globalism that is like, I get my cheapest thing from you and I will take it and I will give you this thing that I can make really cheap. And it's like, it's not like, I don't know. Maybe this is bad for me to bring up because I don't really know much about it. Yeah. But what you just said made me think of the way that world war two ended Mm -hmm. and I forget what it was, but there was some act or agreement that was signed by the allied countries yeah. to like rebuild Europe yeah, and also to rebuild Japan. Do you remember mm-hmm. this? Yes. Sort do, of. Do you like, know much about it? Oy! No, I don't. I, I, I could. My, this my could, just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Um, I, this could be super ignorant. Um, I would need to do more study about it. But what I remember, at least from my U.S. history class like 10 years ago, is that... After World War II, the allied countries tried to do something kind of like you're describing. They like went into one another's territory and rebuilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could maybe say that there was some kind of cultural colonization that was happening with America and Japan, for example. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, I think you could point to the Japanese economy since the war and say it's been thriving. The people are at peace. Mm -hmm. Our relationship with Japan is an incredible relationship, especially relative to where it was in World War II and just before. Totally. Um, And so maybe there was a kind of making peace that looked active in that relationship. That's all I bring it up, but I, I bring it up in ignorance. So hopefully I'm not accidentally saying something that I don't mean to say. Yeah, totally. I like, I don't feel like I could do enough research right now. Sure. To, but I'm like, I agree that like, I think there was a good heart there that it just Mm -hmm. wasn't like, Oh, we're done. Go back to your like home bases and just, you know, focus on each other, you know? And yeah, there's a whole, I think a political debate between nationalism, globalism, all that kind of thing. Yeah. We don't have to get into that, but I like how you bring up 
Japan even of like uh-huh. we have great relationships with them and you know they we kind of helped them get back going and then they kind of just like did their own thing and thrived so totally yeah or I'm, even like West Berlin that kind mm-hmm. of happened I think I think with so. Germany and Germany's relationship with the rest of Europe and the United States. And mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm not a World War II history buff, but any of you who are, crazy, uh, feel free to email us at deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but that all this to say that shalom is active. Mm-hmm. It It's not just uh, getting rid of the bad thing, <laughs> but it's doing yeah. the good thing, mm-hmm. uh, which is where in our conversation that we had earlier today, I brought up Jesus's golden rule. I really like this. Yes. Yeah. Um, because there's some version of the golden rule that exists in most other cultures, but most of those, if I'm remembering correctly, like Confucius said something, Buddha said something, Muhammad said something, and mm-hmm. they all sound similar. Yeah. But if I remember right, most of them phrase it like, do not do to one another what you would not like to be done unto you. Yeah. So again, it's that passive avoidance of doing the bad thing, Mm -hmm. but Jesus turns it into a positive rather than the negative. He says, do unto others Mm. what you would like them to do unto you. Yeah. So instead of just like, I'm not going to throw a baseball at my neighbor. Well, I'd like it if my neighbor made me an apple pie, so I'm going to bake them an apple pie. Now it's active. I'm like crossing the boundary of my lawn into theirs in order mm-hmm. to bring them something that establishes meaningful relationship. Yeah. That's a weird little example. No, that's a great example. Apple uh, pie. I'm so no. American. <laughs> I think it's perfect. <laughs> no, that's a really good example. And yeah, active is like the biggest thing. I feel like I, we want to like talk about mm. throughout the next few podcasts even is it's like, it's not just avoiding the bad. You know, it's not like, it's like, even like God chose to engage with like sin and like reconcile it so that we could be together. Mm. He could have just like, you know, they, they did their thing. They chose where I'm into free will and he could have just (laughs) not engaged. And that like, there's Uh like, but that's not Shalom. Yeah. Like there, there wouldn't be like, you know, he wouldn't be like. I don't know, judging yeah. it gets into like a lot of theological stuff, but like he chose to engage and send his son in the name of Shalom for us mm-hmm. and come on. And like come that's on. like, praise God, <laughs> praise, praise God. Cause now we have like this eternal connection with the father yeah. through Christ because mm-hmm. of his active choice to bring peace wow. between us. Wow. Which is, I guess why that ultimate action of peace is Christ and he is the one who is called the Prince of Shalom. Yeah. Oh, good tie in. That's in Isaiah. Isaiah right? chapter nine. Yeah. So good. Um, Isaiah nine, six, I believe. Nice. The government I, will be on his shoulders. That mm-hmm. whole bit for unto us, a child <laughs> is born, <laughs> us, which what a great song, you know, throwback. <laughs> for unto us. Yeah. I'll stop. Um, I also have uh, Isaiah sixty six twelve. I wrote down oh, yeah. word study wise for thus says the Lord, behold, I extend peace to her like a river and the glory of the nations, like an overflowing stream. Oh, that's great. And you will be nursed. You will be carried on the hip. And yeah, that's so, so good. Okay. Maybe I'm going to bring up another verse yeah. and then we can compare the two. two. Um, because I love that. Here's one that's interesting. Job 5, 23 through 24. Um, this is one of Job's friends speaking to him about how he needed to be more righteous and everything would have gone well with him, which hmm. isn't, you know, it's part of the point of Job. We'll, yeah. We won't go down that rabbit trail, but this is what it says. For you will be in league with the stones of the field and the beasts of the field will be at peace with you. You will know that your tent is secure for you will visit your abode and fear no loss. Um, it's kind of tricky because the word peace in English was there, but the word Shalom was actually in there twice. 
you will know that your tent is secure. That word secure is shalom. Oh, wow. Um, meaning like, like you don't have to fear. Mm-hmm. Like all, all your tents are there. All your tents are there. Mm-hmm. All your animals are there. In this context, it's saying like, um, the beasts of the field aren't going to come and ravage your sheep. Hmm. Um, you're not going to have to worry about scavengers coming and stealing things from you. Um, which is the kind of security that like a home security system is trying to sell you, mm-hmm. you know, where you can sleep in peace at night. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's an aspect of Shalom mm-hmm. too. Uh, a biblical definition of Shalom. A, a biblical yeah. definition of Shalom. Yeah. It's the security system piece. <laughs> no, that's so good. And, uh, yeah, you know, sleep soundly. You can sleep soundly at night knowing that blank, like that's Shalom knowing that God is your protector. I like that because that's another passive form of peace. Oh yeah. Don't you think? Mm -hmm. And then what you just brought up, I want to bring up again is if peace is flowing like a river, like what are the implications of the metaphor living water being tied to Shalom? Oh wow. Like as in Christ is living water. Oh, is that like, yeah. I mean that too, which Mm -hmm. is, Isaiah 66, right? You said that would be very much within the prophecies mm-hmm. of Jesus. Yeah. Um, chapters of Isaiah. But even living water is moving water. Is that what yeah, you mean? Yeah, that's more what I yeah. meant. Like even in Psalm 23, the live, like it's, isn't it by the still streams though? Yes. Uh-huh. But I think like the streams is like life is in streams. Mm-hmm. Death is like in stagnant ponds. Sure. Yep. So you might be able to keep all your water in one place but it's going to get nasty. <laughs> so your water might be secure. Wow. Is this what you're going for? Sure. <laughs> uh, just any of your authentic response is what I wanted. Oh gosh. <laughs> because, because yeah. water like brings life. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm thinking like on the, on the edges of a stream, I don't know, you go down to the Boise river and if the rest of Boise didn't, I don't know, have great sprinkler and you know, irrigation, yeah. Um, most of the trees in the whole valley would just be lining the river. Yeah. Pretty (laughs) much all of them. Yeah. 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 Unless there was like a little, like little Creek or something, which it's still water, you know? Yeah. Cause if you go out to like even the foothills where there are no streams, like on the tops of foothills, like you don't see a lot of trees just like chilling out there. No. Um, they're down in the little like ravines. If there are any near where water will flow. That's good. And that's, that's the picture that came to my mind when you said, will you read it again? Isaiah 66, uh, peace will flow yeah. like water. And from, for thus says the Lord, behold, I extend peace to her like a river and the glory of the nations will be like an overflowing stream. Wow. I just think that, that peace is active. It's bringing mm-hmm. life. And I think this is even a picture of the final Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. even, you know, it could be prophesying towards when peace is ever flowing and ever constant, like rivers don't like turn off and they turn back on, you know, Yeah. unless they're (laughs) damned. That's a whole other conversation. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, it's like, it's just ever, it's infinitely flowing. Yeah. And like, there's this like infinite, like beautiful created natural cycle of water that like always keeps rivers flowing too. It's good. And so that, that's even a picture of what it will be like Wow! when all things are at peace. I just love that. Here's another thought that we found doing the little word study. The first time shalom is used as a greeting which mm-hmm. might be how we are really familiar with the word shalom today in mm-hmm. our culture. You go to Israel, people will say shalom to you all the time. That's like common with like Hebrew people, correct? Totally. Yeah. yeah. Israelis, they'll say hello. They'll say goodbye. They'll, they'll bless your Sabbath day by saying Shabbat shalom. Mm. So like may your Sabbath be shalom. Yeah. Um, that, that word is just all over the place in their greetings. The first time biblically anyone ever used the word shalom is a greeting. It was the Lord, hmm. which I kind of like the thought of because 
It's the one who is, like you said, the active missionary God bringing shalom to his world that's not well. Now greeting his world with shalom. And it's in Judges chapter 6, starting in verse 22, when Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. This is the angel of the Lord that he's interacting with. Mm -hmm. Um, We could go into his story, but he said, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face, which is a Hebrew way of saying I'm about to die because your glory and holiness are too much for me and I am impure. Wow. Uh, Isaiah does that also mm-hmm. in Isaiah chapter six. It's like, if you see God face to face, you're toast is the, is the concept. And then God responds by saying, peace to you. Do not be afraid. You shall not die. Actually, well, quote finished. Actually, what God is saying is my interactions with you, you can feel peace about. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to be afraid of um, my very presence like ending your life because of my holiness. Like wow. feel peace. Um, be at shalom because my relationship with you is at peace. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to kill you. I I, I think there's a lot That's there that so we could unpack. good. Yeah, I'm like thinking like even <laughs> Christ as the Prince of Peace yeah. is that peace that tells us that God will surely not kill us. Wow. Like how cool is that? I was like getting wow. hit by that. I'm like, whoa, that's beautiful. <laughs> like, like, wow. like literally if the Lord said peace to you, do not be afraid. You shall not die. It's like Christ spirit to you. Wow. Do not be afraid. That's you shall not die. Stunning. Like this is like the active missionary God. Like you said. Yes. Wow. Ooh. Whoa. And I'm connecting that because of how he's afraid he's about to die to Isaiah's prophecy where the burning coal comes and sears Isaiah's lips mm-hmm. as a sanctification. It's like a gift that comes to Isaiah from the altar. Um, and God cleanses Isaiah, mm-hmm. not because of anything Isaiah did. He just sees God, encounters God, and then receives sanctification Yes, from the burning coal from the altar. That's which so good. You could say that burning coal is another like, picture of Christ, Mm -hmm. like coming from the holy place to sear our sin away Mm -hmm. and sanctify us. Totally. Do we have, I mean, we're kind of touching on it. Do we have enough time to like land the plane on God's or like our shalom with God or like maybe just in the next five minutes, we'll like touch it. (laughs) Yes, totally. And maybe we can, you know, touch on it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but like I, it's, it's something that we're kind of just reframing in this framework that like, I hope and pray that a Christ follower follower has already grasped that idea that like we said, Christ is our uh, shalom with God. So like at the fall, we were separated from those four things, God, others, self and creation. But the story written by God is that, Christ is now has now connected us with God. And so we know what shalom is. Amen. We don't know what shalom is with ourselves, others in creation. We learn that through our shalom with God. Wow. Is that the best way to say it? I think that's excellent. Okay. Cause like, I think <laughs> I, I, as, as I was processing this, I'm like, you know, how do we know shalom? Yeah. Like, how do we know what that reconciliation's like with those four areas, but we're operating from a place of reconciliation and wholeness and completeness and security, all those things that we describe Shalom as and peace with God. Yep. So we know that That's like excellent through our faith in Ephesians. Is that Romans? Where, where, yeah, honestly, uh, both. We have an Ephesians and a Romans one. Which one are you thinking? Uh, Romans. Therefore, Romans five, one. since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yep. Wow. And I'm like, I've, I think for a long time, I've shared this on the podcast before, like I didn't have that like security, that shalom security of like thinking that I might not be at peace with God. Mm. But if we can acknowledge our shalom with God, like I think the, the discipleship with Christ will bring shalom with everything else. Wow. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I'm just reminded of 
I don't remember exactly where it is in the Bible, and I'm sure some of you know just listening to me, but it says, we love because God first loved us. Mm-hmm. You know that bit? Yeah. That's like an example of what a theologian would call prevenient grace, wow. which is a fancy theological way of saying um, grace came to us and then gave us the opportunity to receive it. Mm-hmm. We didn't take grace. We didn't make grace happen. We didn't work our salvation yeah. in any sense. Yeah. Um, God came to us and even like equipped us with the ability to receive the grace that he was handing us. Mm-hmm. We don't even have the ability to receive that grace unless he gives that ability to us. Yeah. That's prevenient grace. And so I'm just thinking of this being like prevenient shalom. It's like, God comes in Shalom and then because of his Shalom connection to us that we have Mm -hmm. by the blood of Jesus, Shalom can now pour out of us. Yes. Which I think is just another way of saying what you said. No, that's so good. I think the biggest thing I wanted to say is we're talking about to be, to have Shalom with these four separations. It's this active thing. And I would say it's only, it's not our activity with God. Right. It's not what we do or our good works that have saved us or justified us, you know? Amen. It is only through the grace of God. And that's what you're saying too. Yep. I just I think that's just like if there's anything to get with this idea of the reconciliation between us and God, it is not our our um uh what's the word? I guess activity is the word I've been using. Sure. It's not our like motion that like create like that set that off it's god's Mm -hmm. but with the other things on this side of heaven and we'll explain this it is up to us to bring those things here on earth that's great that's great and i think we'll get a lot out of ephesians too and we need to wrap this up but maybe we could come back to this at a future Mm -hmm. time just the idea that um as it says in ephesians 2 for by grace, you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. So our, our salvation was just handed to us. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it goes on. Paul says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them, which is, I think that turning point yeah. that our works don't do anything for our relationship with God mm-hmm. because our relationship with God is already done Yes, because of yeah. the work of Jesus mm-hmm. sealed yes. signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, From it, Jesus, that's Ephesians one. It says we're sealed in the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going anywhere. I didn't gain that. There's nothing I can do to lose that. Because Jesus is just that good. Yeah. And now from that place, we have been created and redeemed now to flow out these good works for the sake of the world, for the sake of his kingdom come. Mm-hmm. And that's also his doing through us. We're not earning anything in that. Um, I just think that framework is really helpful. And it's right after that in Ephesians 2 verse 13 that it goes on to talk about peace again that has been made by Christ's blood. Yes. Um, the peace that exists between us and God is unshakable. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who previously were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ for he himself is our peace. Mm-hmm which is not shalom, but it's the he, it's the Greek equivalent. So the word shalom would have been on Paul's mind. Yeah, is that it? Mm-hmm. Nice, he looked up. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups, meaning Jews and Gentiles, into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the hostility, which is the law composed of commandments expressed in ordinances so that in himself, he might make the two one new person in this way, establishing peace and that he might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross, 
by it having put to death hostility, which what Paul's getting after here is the unity of the body of Christ, mm-hmm. um, which is not a passive piece. It's incredibly active, which totally. is why the word family is something we value so much at River House. Mm-hmm. That's an active yeah. um, membership family. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to belong and you have to, you have to bring food to the table proverbially. Mm. Yes, totally. Huh? Wow. This is fun. Yeah. No, I would, there's, I feel like there's a lot more things we could say on this topic, but I want to respect Benjamin's time. So, (laughs) oh my gosh. So good. I want to respect your time, Jace. Mm, Thank you. And yours listener. Even though you can just pause this. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I I wish we could just keep talking, um, but I think this is really excellent that ultimately, what did we do to restore our relationship with God? That's the wrong question. The question is, what did God do to bring shalom to our relationship with him? Yes. The answer is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's in Jesus that the first, that primary relationship between us and God is restored. It's Mm -hmm. sealed. That's a reality. And now from that place, we can find shalom pouring out into these other relationships with self, with others, with creation. And that's where we're going to go from here. Come on. You said it. You said it great. Sound good. That was a perfect wrap up. Praise God. Yeah. (laughs) God, may I just pray that there's just like a revelation of the Lord's peace and just his like, like irreversible, like invitation yeah. to like that restoration with God through Christ. Yeah. Like may you just dwell on that this weekend. Mm-hmm. Think about it, pray about it, and we will see you next week. Can't wait for it. Shalom. Oh, come on. Bye. <laughs>Thank you so much for listening to the Deep Waters podcast. If you have comments, questions, or concerns, maybe even a recipe or two, please send them to deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. And if you would like to join us at Riverhouse for Sunday service, we meet at the Vineyard Boise at 4 p.m. We'd love to see you there. We cannot do this podcast without a little help from our friends. Our theme music was written and recorded by the Riverhouse worship team. Production is done by Jordan Sodeman. Special thanks to Isaiah Guerrero for our artwork. Benjamin Olson writes and co-hosts with me, Jace Langley, and I also edit this bad boy. If you like this podcast and want to keep going on this journey of discipleship with us, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the Deep Waters podcast. May Christ be with you wherever you go.